stuff. So good morning, just a quick class. Uh, one of the interesting things is we always put our hands over our eyes when we say Kriyat Shema. And the question is, why do we put our hands over our eyes when we say Kriyat Shema? One of the answers we're going to get is based on the beginning of this week's parasha. So we saw at the end of last week's parasha, Moshe complains to Hashem. And he says to Hashem, Lama herota, why did you, why did you do evil to this nation? Why have you sent me? From the time I came to Paro to speak, the situation only got worse. So this week's parasha begins with Hashem's response. And it's interesting because we, we mentioned already that it says that and it's very strange because we've had and then right after we have so we have which is a harsh language then which is a soft language and which is so the pasuk mixes both so it seems that is speaking sternly to Moshe and yet what Hashem tells him is Ani Hashem. Rashi also comments on the expression Ani Hashem. And we can, we can suggest the following interpretation. Hashem is telling Moshe Rabbeinu something here that every Jew and every person in fact needs to realize. Now it's difficult, but this is something much easier said than done. Invariably in the course of a lifetime, things happen which are extremely painful. There are situations where we think that Hashem is punishing us, angry with us, or has abandoned us. The faith of a Jew, however, requires a person to realize what Rabbi Akiva taught us and what Nachum Ishgamzu taught us. Kol ma David Rahmana letavavid. Everything that Hashem does must be for the good. Ultimately, whatever happens, it has to be for the good. So this applies on an individual level and it applies on a national level as well. A person has to have a tremendous emunah to believe in this. Vaydaber Elokim El Moshe. Moshe, you think I'm torturing the people? You think I'm bad for the people? You think I'm causing ill to the people? Moshe Rabbeinu, you should know that Ani Hashem. It all comes from the same source. It all is ultimate and manifestation of Midat HaRachamim. I say this is one of the fundamentals of the Jewish faith because when we say the Pasuk, which we recite twice a day, Shema Yisrael Adonai Vehenu Adonai Echad, that statement, which is perhaps the Pledge of Allegiance of every Jew, not only conveys the concept that Ribono Shel Olam is one, which is part of the mitzvah, and not only testifies to my accepting Him as my God, Kabbalat Ol Machut Shamaim, but also is implicit that the statement is the unification of the name of Hashem, Midat HaRachamim, with the name Elokeinu, Midat HaDin. Everything is from the same source. Even when a person must endure terrible troubles, like they did in Mitzrayim, that was part of Ribono Shel Olam's grand plan of how to create his nation. Chazal referred to the experience of the Jewish people in Egypt as Kur HaBarzel, the crucible of, uh, of, uh, of a vessel, which is used to refine silver or gold. It was certainly horrible to endure that experience. It must have been extremely difficult for the people who saw their children being thrown into the Nile to view the experience as a manifestation of God's mercy. However, this is part of our Jewish mandate to believe. Shema Yisrael, Hashem, Midat HaRachamim, Elokeinu, Midat HaDin, Hashem, again, Midat HaRachamim, all of it is one. We mentioned before when Yaakov comes to Egypt, Hashem promises him, I will be with you and I'm going to bring you back. 
When Yaakov and Yosef meet, Yosef is crying. He sees that at the beginning of the exile and the period of Deen, now it's happening. He's crying to his father. Yosef and Yaakov are the two unique characters in the Torah who could live through Midat Adin because they're perfect, they have perfection. But Yosef is crying to his father and he says, I tried to tell them it's not easy under Midat Adin. There's no room for error. So what's Yaakov doing when he meets his son? His son is crying the reality of the coming exile. Yaakov Avinu is saying Shema. He's telling his son, the God of Deen is also the God of kindness. It's an illusion, it's all one. Rabbi Friend, he quotes the Sansa Rebbe, who says this is the meaning of, of what we do every single day. The Gemara in Berachot says that Rav Yehuda Hanasi puts his hands over his eyes when he reads Kriyat Shema. This is the way every one of us reads Kriyat Shema. We put our hands over our eyes. The question is why? The Sansa Rebbe explains it's for this very reason. It symbolizes our inability to perceive the fact that the Midat Hadin and the Midat HaRachamim all come from the same source. We can't see the attribute of mercy being the ultimate source of bad things that happen to us. So we cover our eyes and say, I can't see how this could possibly be good. I can't see it, but I have to believe it. If we look back at Jewish history, it's even harder to, to understand. On the national scale, the things that we had to endure, the human mean, mind can't even perceive. Therefore, when we say Kriyat Shema, we cover our eyes because many times in this world we simply cannot see the unification of Hashem, Havaya, mercy, with Elohim, with Elokeinu, with, with Midat Adin. There's a sefer, it's called Kol Aryeh, it's written by one of the students of the Khatam Sofer. He writes a beautiful interpretation of the Pesukim which describe Hashem's words to Yaakov before he goes to Egypt. He says, have no fear of descending into Egypt because I'm going to make you a great nation. I myself, I'm coming with you to Egypt and I will bring you up. And Yosef should place his hands on your eyes. Yaakov Avinu was afraid to leave Eretz Canaan, to go down to Mitzrayim. He knew that they were getting themselves into the slavery. He saw the suffering. He saw everything that was going to happen. Hashem told him, don't be afraid. In the end, I'm going to take them out. In the end, this is a necessary experience for them to become Kalal Yisrael. And he tells Yaakov, just like you saw by your son Yosef HaSadiq, he was sold as a slave. He experienced a tumultuous life. But in the end, look what happened for him. Yosef is the living example of things that for many years appear to be terrible, but in the end turn out to be salvation. That says the Kol Aryeh is what the Ribbono Shel Olam hinted to Yaakov with the words, Yosef will place his hands over your eyes. At the simple Peshat, it means when Yaakov dies, Yosef is going to be there with him to close his eyes. But at the level of Remez, this alludes to the fact that Yosef represented the concept that interim suffering can ultimately work out for the best. Just like by Kriyat Shema, we cover our eyes to symbolize that while we're suffering, we cannot see the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. So too, the paradigm of Yosef symbolizes that in the end, this too will be for the best. I heard a story, one of my cousins, four or five years ago, he wanted to buy a 911. And his wife told him, don't buy a 911. We have five kids. The oldest kid is 16 years old. You need a car that has a back seat. You need to take the kids to school. And he said, no, I wanted to buy this car. So he bought the car. 
He said he had the car two weeks. He was on Ocean Parkway. And he was stopped at a light. A guy hit him from behind. He gets the whole back of the car. They came, the Hatzalah guys. They wanted to take him to the, to, the, to the hospital. He wouldn't go. They repaired the car. His wife told him, I told you, don't get the cars. Ayin hara, da, 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 da. Now what happens is, he repairs the car. A month later, he's on 34th Street. And, oh, you know the story. He gets, hit, he gets hit from behind on 34th Street. And again, the ambulance comes. They want to take him. No, no, I'm not going. I'm not going. I'm not going. His wife is yelling at him, get rid of the car, get rid of the car, get rid of the car. He says, I'm not getting rid of the car. When the lease is a two-year lease, I'll get rid of the car. He goes, two months later, he's on Ocean Parkway again. He's on the, in the left-hand lane. He sees the guy behind him is not stopping. Apparently, the guy fell asleep while he's driving. And now he sees he's going to get hit. And he doesn't know what to do. He's going to try to go into the, into the turning lane to get out of the way of this guy. And as he tries to get into the turning lane, he was a little too close to the guy in front of him. The guy hits him, and what happens? His car spins, goes into a full circle. Now his car smashed from the side, smashed from the other side. The airbags go off. The Hatzalai guys insisted after the airbag hit him, it, it, it collapsed his lung. They're taking him to the hospital. They take him to Maimonides. Wait, you don't really want to go. But they take him to Maimonides, and uh, they check his lungs, and then one of the doctors says he wants to do an MRI. The other guy says, no, there's no reason to do an MRI. And they're arguing if the insurance is going to cover the MRI, should they do the MRI or not? One of the Syrian guys who's one of the advisors in uh, Maimonides pushes them to do the MRI. They do the MRI, and the doctor comes and tells him, I have some good news and bad news. The good news is nothing happened from the car. The bad news is... You have a tumor the size of a baseball growing on top of your brain. Says, what happened? They rushed him from there to, uh, to here, to Cornell. And they were able to remove the tumor. The doctor after said to him, you're the luckiest person in the world. Because you're a natural born lefty, the side of your brain which does your motor functions is different than someone else's brain. Had you been a righty, you would have been completely paralyzed from this. And had you waited two more weeks, you would have been dead. He said to me after, when he came to show me, he came to my office, showed me the, the, the scar. And he said to me, could you understand something? He said, I got into an accident the first time. The Hatzalah guy said, let me take you to the hospital. I didn't want to go. And I said, why is God? My wife is yelling at me, why is God doing this? I got an accident again, take me to the hospital. I didn't want to go. Third time, Hashem made sure I went to the hospital. It says, whatever the, the, the mazal I had, whatever was coming from Shemayim that was going to determine that I had this, Hashem was giving me a way out. So I thought it was bad, I got into an accident and an accident and an accident. He says, but the reality was the accident was what saved my life. Sometimes we get into an accident in life, we think something is bad coming from Shemayim. But the reality, Hashem is doing whatever He could do to save our lives. Amen. Wow.